From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Movies with Mick LaSalle. I'm pop culture critic Peter Hartlob with San Francisco Chronicle movie critic Mick LaSalle. Welcome. Well, yes, we're back. Huh? We just made it. We just made it. We just got back from Avengers Endgame screening. Yeah. And your your first thoughts? My first thoughts is that, well, you know, you know, I think that I think that people don't appreciate that the articles that they read online and the newspaper have to be written. <laughs> and and my first thought thought is what is always my thought. What am I going to say about this thing? And um, and maybe I'll discover what I'm going to say over the course of well I know I will over the course <laughs> over the course of this podcast right because we're recording this anyway yeah well we're on a tight deadline we're a I tight should mention deadline, that yeah. but we're going to record the podcast first we're going minimal spoilers we're going very minimal spoilers especially since we're going to cut out Leba giving away the big ending of the movie and so as a result we will be going minimal spoilers yes yes uh, Leba hurts returns she gives away the ending I will cut that out I'm on the podcast today. Yes, I, I know. We can't do the podcast without you. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. You're the guy who knows about this stuff. I'm, I'm on the air today. I appreciate you giving me the mic. And uh, we talk a lot about Avengers Endgame, a little bit about our own childhoods as readers and yeah. comic book consumers and nerds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait till the end for that. Datebook Podcast. Thanks for listening. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Mick LaSalle, and welcome to Movies with Mick LaSalle. As usual, I am here with my editor emeritus, Liba Hertz. Say hi, Liba. I am not Groot. And because <laughs> this is a special occasion, because this is because we're going to be talking about Avengers Endgame, I thought that it would be really smart to have the true expert on these matters, Peter Hartlob, who's the uh, pop culture critic. Hi, Peter. Hi. Thank you. Usually I'm behind the board here and listening and enjoying you guys and editing the podcast we turned the mic on, and I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about our reactions to the movie. We we started talking about it, then I stopped asking you questions because I thought it would be better to to get it fresh from you. So, Peter, you go first. What do you think about the movie? Well, we just saw it. We were at Dolby yeah. Labs. Mm-hmm. We've come back. We've just seen it. I breaking it down shortly. First half, I felt like I was um, taking a test that I hadn't studied for. And I've watched all these movies. I'm into the comic books. I read them. I didn't totally know what was going on. I think I think a lot of this movie is for people who are really studying this world. Second half, I thought they nailed it. I thought they wrapped it up in a really good way, an emotional way, set up the future, I think, in a decent way. So overall, I liked it a lot. Okay. So what would you if you were going to review? I'd give it it a two. Yeah. Um, A two is a little little man two, which is a little man clapping. clapping. Yeah. Yeah. And Liba, what do you you think? I would give it out of the chair. Uh, I think it was terrific. Um, I found the first half, and, and believe me, I, I, I'm also a geek when it comes to the, uh, these kinds of movies. 
Um, I really liked the first half a lot. I thought it was humorous. I thought the fact that they went for plot over, you know, fighting and battles, but yet kept the battles intact with, like, really using a lot of plot to advance it. And the second half is absolutely brilliant. As a matter of fact, I, I kept thinking of these movies that were coming to my mind, like Jason and the Argonauts, and at one point, a, a, an old movie called Four Feathers with the battle scenes. And yeah. I even had a moment where someone gives a nod, and I thought of um, Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca when he gives the nod for the Marseillaise in the, in the movie. And he doesn't know what he's doing when he films. Who's it. the one who nods in this movie? Uh, do you want to give it as a... As a well, uh, just say who nods. I mean, the Bucky. Bump. Bucky nods? Bucky nods. Okay. Um, but this is what I thought of the movie. This is I haven't written the review yet. And, and as soon as we finish this, I'm going to be writing the review. And this is the kind of review that I find very, very difficult to write because I know that it's a good movie, and so I have to give it a good review. But I don't have exactly the right mechanism for writing the good review because I didn't enjoy it. I watched the movie, and I didn't enjoy it. So usually, like when I'm talking about why it's a good movie, I talk about the things that I enjoyed. But in this case... I didn't enjoy it. I didn't really like it. But at the same time, I could tell it was good. But what was kind of funny is that I liked the first half. And yeah. And, 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 but I think, I think maybe the difference is that I just accepted being a little bit lost because I just figured, I just figured I was going to be lost no matter what. <laughs> and so I just watching it and some things I don't understand, but I don't really care. And I enjoyed the, the personalities and, and I, I thought that they, you know, the, every one of the, these uh, big cast extravaganzas face a certain, it's kind of like the, the Star Trek problem. It's like you got to figure out something for Chekhov to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> On the show, Chekhov would have, you know, one line, you know, so, oh, Captain, and that would be it for him. <laughs> and, you have to f- and you have to figure out something for Sulu to do. And, and, well, Sulu and had sword play, too. Y- you yeah, know. so you have to figure out something for them to do. Uhura. And, y- and, and Uhura's got to do something. And, you know, in, in the course of a season, maybe each one of them would, would have one thing to do that would be interesting, you know. But in this case, they all have to have something. And, and what I liked is that they figured out a way for all of them to have something to do. Uh, and and I like that. And then I stopped liking it, and this is not a spoiler, unless you really are, are uh, delusional. Uh, you know, eventually there is a battle scene. Am I giving away anything? <laughs> no. No. There's a battle scene. And I always think that these movies degenerate at the point of the battle scene uh, because it, a lot of times when you're dealing with super superpowers, it's really unsettled what beats what. But at the same time, you do kind of have an idea about which side is probably going to win. I mean, probably going to win these battles, uh, especially if it's late in the movie. And another thing I found a little bit frustrating, and this is in the first 15 minutes of the movie, so I think I can say it. Uh, all of a sudden, the first like 15, maybe 20 minutes into a three-hour movie, so like I, I feel okay saying this. All of a sudden, Captain Marvel announces, hey, guess what, guys? I got to check out of here. This problem, this problem's on some other planets, like ten other planets, <laughs> and I can't be here for the biggest problem that's going to face the Earth. And the reason why she has to get lost is because she can solve all the problems. She could just take care of everything. She could, she's like Superman. It's sort of like, and, and in but a they way, they killed it's, Superman. 
Yeah, but then he comes back, and, and actually, when you're dealing with the Justice League, that's kind of the ridiculous thing, is because why do you have these other idiots here when Superman <laughs> can just take care of everything? So what they do in this case is she just is, she's wanted on it. She has previous engagement that is a lot more important than saving her own planet, and you know, so that's how things are. Anyway, I'm going to give it a little man clapping. And, and between now and when you were reading this in the newspaper, which I was going to say in Friday's paper, but chances are, actually, you're reading it online today, um, I will have figured out what to say. But it's, it's hard for me because it's, it is, t- to me, this isn't, to me, this isn't movies, yeah. you know, to me, this is something else. To me, this is like, um, like a, the visual extension of a cult. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like um you have the cult or you have the church, you you have the the religious faith and then you build the church. This is this is the church. You know what I mean? It's 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 just the it's the artifact of the faith rather than the thing itself. And I'm like I'm so agnostic going into this that I'm just looking at the artifact and saying, "Okay, yeah, this is this has a nice steeple. This, you know, this looks okay. But yeah, anyway, I think it's a good movie. And, and if you like this stuff, or even if you're kind of indifferent to it, I think you'll probably like the movie. I, I think it's hard to review any of this, though. And I love it, this stuff. Yeah. But um, I, I, I talk about lasagna effect. Like lasagna tastes better the second day, and sometimes yeah. better the third day. And a lot of this movie, I didn't get it. And I. I follow this stuff and I didn't get it. I'll, I'll do a fictitious example, not something yeah, that okay, really happened. Yeah. Like a couple characters are there and they're like, oh, we've got to complete this mission. Well, if you jump in the uh, well of eternal faith <laughs> then and, and grab the, the you know, the, the Fetzer valve, I'm, I'm making stuff up, <laughs> then you'll say, and I'm like, why? Why? I mean, there's so many scenes that like that. Know, but, but I think a lot of that, I just didn't, if I watched all the movies, that'll make sense. Or if yeah. I watch this movie again, I'll make sense. And I think that's what this kind of movie making does. This I call it like the phase movie making, where it's 22 movies coming together. I think some of this, when we watch it again, it's going to make more sense. So how do you review it when it doesn't make sense now? But, but see, mm, I, I made yeah. total sense to me, and I'm going to give a slight spoiler. Now, there's time travel involved. And when you have time travel, yeah. there's a lot of paradoxes. There's a lot of things that, like, you know, when you make movies that, you know, this can happen, that can happen. You know, what happens when you meet yourself? Yeah. And this movie does different things with it. And I think if you not, I'm into time travel, so maybe that's why I got it. But I also think they made smart decisions on who were going to be the key characters. And again, it's not a spoiler here, but it's it's Tony Stark, it's Ant Man, and I'm sorry, Paul Rudd is just genius. Yeah, whatever awesome. he does, he's, he's just so good freaking in this awesome. Movie. Um, you've got Thor, who just really he's just he just does stuff in that Thor movie. Thor is funny. Hysterical. I like I like what they did so with they, Thor. So they're able to put the humor in the plot, and even the I think I said the battle scenes. I didn't feel like stop already. I'm sick of it because they would they would have dialogue throughout. I guess that's the best way without giving a spoiler. Yeah. They would talk about it and see what was happening. Um, as I said, I kind of felt a lot like these were like the old epics of the 50s and 60s, like How the West Was Won and Spartacus. And yeah. There's, oh, those old movies where, you know, they're the four, with the battle yeah. scenes, Four Feathers. I, I just, don't like those movies either, really. Four I, Feathers. Four Feathers is two, the From 1939? Yes. Okay, okay not the one with the, Heath the Ledger. The John Clements, yeah. Okay. Sir John Clements and Richard, um, uh, uh, Sir Ralph Richardson. Tremendous movie. A lot of yeah. people have it. It's, it's really hard to find. But Criterion? Oh, no, Criterion Collections. Got it. I 
they had it. They never released it in the end. No, 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 they Maybe did. I do have it yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, they did. But you don't and, see it very often, but and it's and great. And, and there's a, a Criterion battle. channel. It may be on there and now. And there's a great battle scene in there, too. Uh, as I said, this, I just was like, three-hour movie. I had to go to the bathroom in the middle. It was almost like when I saw Schindler's List, I said, I'm going to be damned if I get up to go to the bathroom. And I had the same reaction with this one. I'm going to be damned if I get up to go to the bathroom. Yeah, and, and I think <clears throat> I think we could also say this movie probably has the most endings, second second to Lord of the Rings 3. <laughs> Return of the King. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I liked all the endings. Yeah. Every, yeah. every one of those endings I liked. And I liked the way... I I liked the, the, the script. I, I thought that it... Um, I, I mean, generically, I am not crazy about this kind of movie, and this is so I'm I'm at a little bit of a, a at a disadvantage watching it, um, but I thought that they they had a, a lot of humor in it. They are counting on, and I think probably rightly so, that the audience has an emotional investment in these people, and so the violins and the horns of hope, you know, get a real workout. People are talking to each other, and you hear the soundtrack coming in with the inspirational music and I think it's kind of funny. I also think it's really funny that Scarlett Johansson who I think throughout the whole series now has had a lousy part including in this one in my opinion and so that every time she has a chance to say something I mean her nostrils are flaring and her eyes are welling up with tears. She's trying to make every line count but at least now they can all go back to you know being actors although i don't know what happens after this because they, they're making so much money that this can't be well they do have sequels coming up they do have another black yeah, panther they yeah. have i think another captain marvel by the way i liked her a lot better in this movie brie larson than they did in the actual captain marvel yeah. even though it wasn't wasn't that long apart because we already gave you this yeah she's better part. she's better in this one um, I, I think you look at it like comic books yeah, this yeah. is a, a story arc that's ending and then they're gonna start the movies in different places, yeah. and, it, and to a degree, it's like hitting reset. But there, there's going to be more. But of there these. was one thing during this movie that, that I, I actually did minor one of those minor like digress in the middle. Go, Jeremy Renner would make a great corrupt politician. Yeah, uh, we played one. Which he played one. He played one. A lovable, corrupt politician no, in some movie. I forgot this, what it was. This one. This one here. I mean, really, I just a real at, one. Yeah. yeah. I just looked at him and said, "From Jersey." He, he just looked. Oh yeah, yeah. Like wonderful yeah. movie, American. Uh, Hustle, was it? I don't know. I don't know. The one with the with the that's uh, right. I the, think that's the George right. O. Russell yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that movie. By but the way, did anybody catch the Donald Trump reference? Yeah, I did. What was, what? I forgot what it was, but I remember saying, "Oh, Donald Trump reference." No, <laughs> no. I mean, one person, one point, somebody uses the word Trump as a verb. You know, uh, my th- my concern trumps yours, but I, I think that's that's not a Trump reference. But no, the Trump reference is that the movie trades on the desire of people to go back to the world of five years ago mm-hmm. and to go back to the world of five years ago and it's like and they're talking about can we ever get back to normal will we ever get back to normal before this epic of blah 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 has happened yeah. and I thought I wonder if this is like a Trump thing <laughs> well, there was something else in the movie too where I said um, I also felt that and I can't remember what it was but I just felt like Oh, there's that Trump, that Trumpy, uh, you know, there's, there's good movies are being made during the Trump era. Don't oh. you feel that, though, with, like, every movie? I, I feel like yeah. every movie I can, like, spin it in my head into being some reflection on Trump? the Trump yeah. era. Oh, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and believe me, uh, only assuming that we ever, you know, we have to return to something resembling normal for this to happen. And that's the mistake, the mistake of... of um, historians, social historians particularly, is they always assume 
that the the future is going the perspective the, the relationship of the future to now is going to be like our relationship with the past so we could be you know be wrong but if we return to something resembling the country that we used to know all those things that you're seeing the future will see uh, the only thing that will keep them from seeing it and keep them from interpreting it interpreting it in that way is if in the future the Trump administration is regarded as the beginning of 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 uh, American splendor and and the, the the and made and then America's have you know America has finally started being made great because at that point nobody's going to be seeing uh, Trump in a dystopian thing they're going to be seeing Trump as like the, you know the beginning of wonderful but if if it turns out to be as probably a lot of us expect that Trump is kind of a um, historical anomaly if that's the case then people will look back on it exactly because every person who looks at movies through a lens of history is going to be looking for that stuff even if it's not there be it's just like the way and this is I'm not comparing Trump to the the uh, Nazi occupation of France in terms of kind but when you watch um, uh, a movie that was made like in 1943 in France you are very aware of the fact that the people who made this move this, this movie were you know they were living with the Nazis outside and they were surviving on you know they weren't starving but they were surviving like 1400 to 1500 calories a day because that's like the most food they could get and they were having a hard time and so when we watch a movie made during the uh, occupation we say Oh yeah, we see that. We see that. We see that, even if it's not there. But we have that. Remember, you have 1939 Hitchcock's foreign correspondent, where the, where you know Joe McRae is. You know, U.S. isn't even in the war. Joe McRae is screaming, you know, America, keep your lights on. And yeah. then, of course, the biggest one is Casablanca. Yeah, but that's big. But even so, I'm talking about like like if I watch Baron Munchausen, which was made. Um, under in Germany during the Nazi mm -hmm. period, it's a movie that's like completely nothing to do with Hitler. But you watch it and you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I can tell. You just get a vibe. Um, but anyway, let's get off that. Right. But uh, there is, stay, a, but there is yeah. a Nazi reference in the movie. That's all I'm going to say. What's the Nazi? There is a Nazi reference. It's not direct Nazi. I don't want to give it away. Okay, okay. It's a great line yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. You, you know what she's talking about. Oh, I know what she's talking about. Oh, yeah, but yeah. it would be giving away a major plot Maybe point, reason. which we but have I, vowed not to do. Right. But I do want to. Wanna, I yeah. do want to say I'm going to give one huge spoiler though. Do not have to stay to the end of the movie's oh, yeah. credits because there yeah. is no. That's worth saying. There is no. Um, you know, there is no bonus. There's no they're right. There's no teaser for another movie or, because or theoretically kind of for the next. They're not all eating shawarma. At yeah, the I, end. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping. So. For, I have to say another spoiler. There is no shawarma in this movie, which was sort of a disappointment. That was yeah. my only disappointing moment. No yeah, shawarma, no shawarma. So maybe, maybe. What do you think, Peter? As you, as anybody who uh, is uh, devoted to your work, Peter knows that you had a really good article in, in Sunday's paper where you talk about you talk about the future, and and one of the things you said is that. Is that Robert Downey Jr. continued to make Iron Man movies until he was seventy-two? Yeah. In this, like, <laughs> right? So he's like about fifty-five now. So do you think there will be other Iron Man movies? I, I think there will be movies in this universe, for better or for worse. Um, I do think about, you know, these actors could be doing other things. These filmmakers could be um, making different films, and I wonder, to some degree, with every movie screen showing Avengers Endgame yeah. if there are other movies that we're missing out on I, yeah. I do think about that and I love this Is you talk yeah. about that article when I was yeah. a kid this was my dream Yeah, I mean and I never thought I'd see it where all the heroes that I'm reading in the comic books 
would show up in movies. This is exactly what I was dreaming about. So you you like this stuff when they before they were movies? I oh mean, yeah. I did, did you yeah. know all of them? I mean, did oh you? yeah. I mean, like I was DC. You were Marvel, though. If you told me that Black Panther was going to have multiple movies on his own i would have said you were crazy i mean that was but you knew who black panther was oh yeah i knew who ant-man was i knew who all these people were were. you know i read the comics but it was it was considered like a uh i was i was in the uh, minority in terms of you know i was a little nerd and this was the stuff i nerded out on and most of the people at the schools i went to weren't into this okay but were you really a nerd though because you seem like you're fairly cool that's really nice of you i was super nerdy how about when you're a teenager though i was i mean I was on a couple of teams, but they weren't teams where any yeah. like cheerleaders were showing up, you yeah. know. And and I, you know, I, I was I had friends, yeah, but I, I was yeah. nerdy. Because I, I I did something really smart when I was 15 years old. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was in junior high school. We had junior high. Okay. And I was I was kind of 15 years old in junior high. Yeah, we had junior high. <clears throat> in other words, yeah, in May oh, okay. of my you. last year, I turned 15. I was and like 13. When I had gotten kind of I gotten kind of <laughs> chubby, you know, and. I decided that I was starting high school, and so I lost 25 pounds, and I got skinny, and I got really good looking, and I got cool. I got I never I wasn't cool inside. Yeah. I I knew I wasn't cool, but I looked good, and I was able then to, in high school to be successful. Whereas in junior high school, I was like a disaster. Yeah. But it was totally it was totally a function yeah. of weight loss, and and that was it. and then I changed and also I changed the way I dressed, so I was able to have a successful high school thing, but. I mean, I was never like really cool, but I was like, I was cool enough to be happy. So when you were not cool, you didn't gravitate toward comic books at any point? No, we were talking about the last time. I was like, I did, and and I, I, I couldn't do it now, you know. Like, I read, most of the great books that I read, I read between... 12 and 15. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read, you know, War and Peace. I read, the I read all the... Uh, I read all the, the Iliad and the uh, Odyssey? No, I didn't, those two I'd never read. <laughs> I never read. I still haven't read them. I, you know, I told you I read, I read Shakespeare. I read all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I find that if I if I get, so if I, especially if I'm like, if I'm horizontal, I get into bed, I read 20 pages, and I completely fall asleep. <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm working and I'm tired, yeah. whereas when I was a kid, I was just wide awake. But I would just sit there and read like 250. I read Freud's Interpretation of Dreams. Everything basically I know I, I learned before I was 15. Lawrence. Because after I was 15... Then I started going out at night because I was socially acceptable, mm-hmm. and so then my you know, my intellectual life was over. But I, I've, I've been coasting on it for the, the last forty five. Well, there's years. a message to the children here: yeah. read War and Peace <laughs> while you're young, and then just watch Avengers Endgame when you get older. That's and right. Attention span. Just, like, just read Don Quixote and the other scene in the earlier. Yeah. For me, for comics, it was interesting. I never felt like I was never. I was a geek, but I wasn't like I think a lot of people I went to school with were geeks. But I also inherited comics from my from my cousins my older cousins who male and my brother and i got all of their like i was reading chip hilton and the hardy boys in a different in addition to nancy drew i wasn't a tomboy uh-huh. but i remember my cousins especially had the dc comics and there's one issue it was so i read it so many times well lois what happened earth gets destroyed and lois lane is shipped to krypton so <laughs> she has all the superpowers and you know and and kal-el is just like yeah yeah and I read that over and over and over again. We couldn't even save it. I destroyed it so much. But uh, and then my mother threw out a bunch. But DC and, and Archie. Um, and I never can understand this Riverdale series. It was like such a lightweight comic book. Yeah. But I, I do remember. I didn't read the Marvel, and, and they were probably too dark for me. And I, but I did remember. I really liked. There was the Justice League and the League of Superheroes. And I really liked the League of Superheroes. Maybe because they had women in it. 
I can tell you, I can tell you when I stopped reading comics, mm-hmm. yeah. it was, um, so I read them probably age like 10 to 13 or 14. Yeah. And then the most attractive girl in my high school worked yeah. at the flower shop right next to the Burlingame smoke shop, which was the only comic distributor. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to walk by her with my comics. Yes. Uh. Yes. So I stopped reading them and it was really, that was like 84, 85, right when comics got really good. So that's right before like um, Frank Mm. Miller, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, comics got super good then. So now as an adult, I'm always going back and reading the stuff that I missed. So comics were were associated with, with like not getting girls? Yeah, yeah, no, I was, I was a... No, I mean, that's what it was associated with? It's like... I, I would not walk around. I, most of my mm. friends didn't even know I read comics when I read comics. Oh, yeah. oh wow. So maybe but now, grew, now maybe it is like old, totally... Ex- no, it's very because acceptable. I'm older, because it was very acceptable when I was growing up. Yeah, maybe well, it's regional. And you know, what <laughs> you know what else I'm thinking of? You were also growing up when TV started expanding. We had like, what, Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 5, oh. 9, 11, 13, and some... You know, UHF York, channels, yeah. you couldn't even UHS get the reception. There was, yeah. The reception Lucha was so Libra. bad. You can get wrestling yeah, in the, Spanish. The reception was so bad, so you were really limited. And, you know, of course, Mother would make me watch PBS. and But they had, you know, they, then they watched the old Superman reruns with um, um, yeah, Steve Reeves. No, <coughs> George Reeves. George Reeves. Yeah. So, and then... Um, so I watched that. I remember the Batman with Adam West when it first came out. My father actually liked it because it was clever. At the time, it was extremely clever. I think I think we're losing our audience. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, but you know something? Right now, it's uh, it's about two thirty, and I have a five o'clock deadline, and I have no idea what I'm going to say in this review. So I better I better get going and just sit there and look at the blank screen for a bit and try to figure out how to talk about a movie that you know I I wasn't crazy about, but that I can tell is good. That's hard, um, but maybe. You know, Walter, Walter upstairs, who's an editor here and also a critic, Walter Adiego, said to me, that's your lead. I don't think it's really your lead, but he, he said, I said, uh, what is I say? I, 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 I like this movie, so why did I hate it? You know, I mean, I thought it was a good movie, so why did I hate it? I don't think that's really my lead, but it's, 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 it was a liberating thing for him to say. So I got to run, but... Peter, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. It's, this is a pleasure. Yeah, yeah well, it definitely yeah. is a pleasure on our, our side, too. And uh, for the San Francisco Chronicle, I'm Mick LaSalle. And I'm not Boots, but I am Lieber Hertz. <laughs> <laughs> You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Mick LaSalle and Lieba Hertz. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is Mozart Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.